Okay, we're starting on the bottom of Daf Yutes Omid Beis in the Mishnah. Zok the Heilige Mishnah. Ein Soylen Bosar Botzel Ubeitza. You may not roast meat or onions or eggs. Elokadeshi Yitzelim Ubeidyaim. Only if it could all get roasted by day on Friday before Shabbos. So this Mishnah is a continuation to what we have mentioned before, that although Beis Shammai is the only one that held that you're not allowed to allow a keli to do a malacha for you on Shabbos, Beis Hillel says it's okay, but when it comes to cooking, there's a concern of Shami Yechata B'Gechalim that you might stir the coals. And therefore over here, to roast meat or uh, onions or eggs, it has to be done before Shabbos, otherwise you may come to stir the coals. The Gemara before, on the Fyutches, I believe it was, discussed the exact case of what it's talking about according to Rav Ashi and according to Rav Yirmiya. I'm not going to go back to that again. You may not place bread into the oven right before Shabbos and allow it to bake on Shabbos. And also no biscuits on top of coals to bake on Shabbos or to cook on Shabbos. Unless there's a crust on the top of it from Friday before Eshkia. Rabbi Lazar says, It has to be crusted on the bottom part. Then you're allowed to cook it on, then you're allowed to put it into the oven before Shabbos. The Gemara will explain exactly what the shit of Rabbi Lazar is. We learn a halacha b'negeya. We learn a halacha b'negeya to carbon pesach. Yeah, today is a shchaydish nissen. So b'shkacha pratis, we learn a halacha b'negeya to carbon pesach. So what's the din? So mishal shelin es pesach b'tanerim chashecha. You're allowed to place the carbon pesach into the oven right before shkia. So what we're talking about over here is when pesach fell out on Shabbos, and you have to roast the entire carbon pesach the day before on erev pesach. So even though, like we just said, when it comes to cooking, you can't put it into the oven right before Shabbos or onto the uh, onto the stovetop right before Shabbos and to allow it to cook on Shabbos. But when it comes to carbon Pesach, you can roast the meat, place it into the oven to roast right before Shabbos and allow it to roast on Shabbos. And the reason for this is, as the Gemara will explain, because the carbon Pesach is brought by Chabura in groups and there's always those people that are designated to take care of the carbon and there's reason. They know the halachas and they make sure that it should be roasted and they won't touch it on Shabbos. They won't stir the coals on Shabbos. You could ignite the fire in the in the room that was called Beis Hamaiket. This is in the Beis Hamikdash. There was a room that they always had a fire burning because the Kainim did the, uh, the Aveda and the Beis Hamikdash barefoot and they were cold and they would come into this room to warm themselves up. So you can ignite the fire in the Beis Hamaiket right before Shabbos and you don't have to wait to ignite it. You don't have to ignite it early enough until the entire fire catches on properly so that you won't come to play around with it on Shabbos. That's in the Beis Hamikdash. And again, as we'll see in the Gemara, the reason is because Kayanim's reason hain. 
when you're igniting a fire anywhere else outside of the base of Mikdash, you only have to are allowed to light the fire if it catches on fire properly, mostly, as the Gemara will explain what mostly means, if it'll mostly be caught on fire before Shabbos, then you're allowed. Again, because the point of here is, if it doesn't, if it doesn't ignite and catch on fire properly, then he's going to play around with it to, to fix it on Shabbos. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says, If you have charcoal that is ignited on fire, even if it's ignited just a bit, it's enough and you could allow it to go on Shabbos because it won't extinguish and it's going gonna, it's gonna to stay hot, it's going to burn on Shabbos. Zog Ve'kama. So what did it say over here in the Mishnah? That it has to be Yetzulu Mubaidyayim. If you're going to roast meat, onions or eggs, it has to be roasted from before Shabbos. What's considered to be that it's roasted before Shabbos? has to be roasted from before Shabbos, like Michael Ben Drusoy. Just a second, if we can interrupt a second this year, I may have hung up on the conference. Did I hang up on the conference? Mm-hmm. Sorry about that, okay? Okay, we're going to continue this year in 30 seconds. Sorry about that. Welcome. This service is... Okay. If you are the host, press stop, please under... Thank you for your patience. Okay, here Thank we are. You. There are two participants in the conference. Okay, the we're back on. Please announce yourself. The Gemara says that it's Kemaichel ben Drusoy. What's Michael ben Drusoy? I believe I mentioned this already yesterday or two days ago. Michael ben Drusoy, ben Drusoy was a notorious thief that would eat food half cooked or actually according to Rashi it was only cooked a third. According to the Rambam it was half cooked, according to Rashi a third cooked. So as long as the food is cooked to this amount where it could be eaten so then it's enough prepared before Shabbos. It manami, we learned a similar halacha regarding something that may not be cooked by a goy. So there's the, the Isar of Bishalakum. What's the Isar of Bishalakum? Something that's cooked by a goy that cannot be eaten raw, you're not allowed to eat. So it said regarding that halacha. It manami, Omravasi, Omrav Yechinen. Kol Shuhukim Michael Bendrasoi. Anything that was already cooked as enough for the Michael of Bendrasoi, a third cooked according to Rashi. If a guy then completes the cooking for the rest, there's no bishul nachrim. If a yid cooked the first third, it's good enough. So we see again the same idea that once it's cooked a third, it's good enough. Weiter, the Gemara brings another Braise, Tanya, we learned in a Braise, Hananya, Oimer, Hananya says, Koshu Kamaichel Ben Drusoi, as long as something has been cooked enough for Maichel Ben Drusoi, Mutila Hashaisa Gabi Kira, you may leave it in an oven. We'll see exactly what a Kira means when we come later on Daflam Advav, in the Pedic of Kira, discusses exactly what that is. Even if you don't shovel out the coals or you don't cover the coals with ashes to extinguish the fire, you may leave it inside the oven if it's already cooked. This is the opinion of Hananya. As we'll see over there later in the Gemara, other Tanoim disagree with Hananya. We'll discuss it by Rikhis later. The Gemara is bringing this up over here just to point out another case where we see the concept of Michael Bendersoy that once it's cooked to this amount, 
you can keep it on the fire without gruvo ktuma. Gruvo ktuma is also what's known today, the source of the concept of a blech, where you're going to cover the fire. We'll see him at Shem the Halachas more later on the Flamidvav. So what did it say in the Mishnah? You're not allowed to place bread into the oven unless, so the Tanakama said, if it crusts on the top, and Rabbi Loza said, if it crusts on the bottom. So the question now the Gemara is going to discuss is, according to Rabbi Loza, when it says that it crusts on the bottom, what exactly does crusts on the bottom mean? So let me remind you from what we learned on Davdalid over here in Masech the Shabbos, how the ovens were in those times. They wouldn't just place the bread into a tray on the oven. They would place the bread and would stick it to the walls of the oven. So one part of the bread was stick to, stuck to the wall and the other part of the bread was facing downwards towards the fire that was on the bottom. Many of those ovens were, were built like a cone-shaped oven. So one part stuck to the wall and the other part of the bread is, is facing the bottom. Now the question is, when Rabbi Lazar says when the bottom crossed, what's considered to be the bottom? The bottom means that part of the bread that's attached to the wall of the oven? Or does the bottom mean the bottom facing the fire, the bottom of the oven? The question was asked, Are we talking about this the bottom part of the bread that's touching, that's, that's stuck, stuck to the wall of the oven? Or we're talking about the bottom part of the bread, meaning that part of the bread that faces the bottom of the oven where the fire is. Toshama, we learned clearly in Abraisa, only when the part of the bread that's stuck to the oven crusts, then that's, that's done enough that you're allowed to bake it in that way before Shabbos. So Rashi says that this is a Chumrah of Rabbi Loza because the part that's stuck to the oven takes longer to crust than the part that's facing the fire. And therefore you have to wait a longer period of time. The next halacha we learned, Mishal Shalinasa Pesach, you're allowed to put the carbon Pesach into the oven in, in order to roast, even though it's right before Shabbos. My time, what's the reason of this is different? And for the Gemara, Mishum Debenei Chabura, Zrizen Hain. People of a Chabura are Zrizen, they know the halachas, and therefore they're not going to tamper with the flame and with the coals on Shabbos. Zok to Gemara, Halav Hachi. Are you telling me if not for the fact that they are zrizin, loy, then they wouldn't be allowed, it would be a problem? But the master has said, and we learned this before on Dafir Ches, Gadyo, a goat meat, bein shorik, whether the oven is insulated, bein loy shorik, whether it's not insulated, shaper domi. This is a kind of meat which is very, very soft and the draft that enters into the oven is going to ruin the meat. It's very sensitive to it and therefore you're not going to open the oven. That's what we learned before. And for the Gemara, there's a difference. mintach. <clears throat> there we were talking about a case. How does the person usually roast meat? He cuts it up into pieces. But hacha loy mintach. The carbon pesach had to be roasted all together. Roishel, kirboy, krov. All the parts of the animal had to be roasted together. That's the chiddush of the carbon pesach. So over here, even if a draft would come in, it wouldn't ruin the meat. So the person may open the oven to see what's going on. So therefore we have to have the reason of Zrizenheim. That because there are people in the group that are Zrizen, they'll make sure that nobody touches the fire.
Just that a Chagav, because it's Chaydish Nissen, that is Chaydish Nissen today, we're talking about the carbon Pesach, that has to be roasted all together. Roishoy, Kirboy, and Krav. The, the head and the, the innards, the, the, the stomach and the feet, everything all together has to be roasted as one. The Rebbe in Michtaf Klali for Pesach explains by Riches the Chiddush of this Indian, that we all, this is the only time we find that it has to be roasted all together and be eaten later, is because the carbon Pesach, the idea of carbon Pesach is the Pesach is the Dilug the Kayach of Diluk that takes Eden out of Mitzrayim, out of Mitzarim Agvulim. The idea of roasting all different parts of the animal together, what that symbolizes is that a person has to bring the Kayach of Diluk of the carbon Pesach from the head to Kirboy to Krav, all parts of the body meaning all kaiches of the person should be consumed and elevated and part of this carbon Pesach, not separately this, this, this uh, associated one from another. The person has to bring the hashpa of the Pesach and everything together to be roasted and eaten. When you light fire before Shabbos, you have to make sure that it catches on fire enough. Right? But besides in the Beis HaMikdosh, in the Beis HaMikdosh, even if you just ignite the fire right before Shabbos, that's fine. You know, Anamili, from where do we notice? You may not light a fire in any of your dwellings. Only in any of your dwellings you may not light the fire. But in the Beis HaMikdosh, which is in the Beis HaMikdosh, there you're allowed to ignite the fire even on Shabbos. Frag the Gemara, mask of Lord of Chista. Rav Chista asks on this reasoning of Rav Hone, if so, I fill up Shabbos Nami. If the Pasuk is saying that you may not light a fire only so then why do you have to ignite the fire on Friday before Shabbos? You could ignite it on Shabbos itself. Elam Rav Chista, Rav Chista argues and says, That Pasuk is only coming to allow to only coming to allow the Avodim and the Pedodim that have to be makrev on the Mizbeach, that's what's allowed to be done on Shabbos. But over here, the reason why you're allowed to light the fire in the room that the Kayanim would warm themselves up in, in the Beis HaMoiket, Kayanim's reason hain. Here the reason is because the Kayanim has reason, they know the Halachas, the Tamidich HaChomim, the Yerei Shamayim, Rashi says, and therefore they can ignite it right before Shabbos and we're not afraid that they're going to fix the fire on Shabbos. The Pasuk B'chomesh V'Seichem is referring to Karbonis, not to any that, you, that you're allowed to do it on Shabbos, correct? Turn on the food. Correct. Well, there's a discussion about this in Taisvis over here, exactly what what it means, what you're allowed to do on Shabbos, it's not so poshit, but whatever the drasha is, it only applies to the Avadim and Pedadim, the pieces of the Karbanis, not to another fire that's being lit in the area of the Beis HaMikdosh and the Beis HaMikdosh. So we learned from the Mishnah that otherwise, outside of the base of Mikdash, you have to ignite the fire enough that it should catch on mostly. What does it mean mostly? Most of each one of the pieces of wood that are part of your fire. Shmuel Amar, Shmuel is much more mekel, and as long as the fire caught on enough, that you don't have to bring another uh, more small twigs to help the fire catch on, that's enough because the fire is going to catch on on its own and you're not going to play around with it. So Dr. Gemara, Tan Rav Chiyeh, we learned in Abraiser Rav Chiyeh, that says like Shmuel, 
Raisa says, As long as the flame can go up on its own. And not in a case where the flame is still relying on some more additional twigs that you have to bring to help the fire. There's a machlaikis over here. Rashi brings two pirushim what this Braisa was actually talking about. According to the first Pshat and Rashi, this Braisa was not talking about lighting fire before Shabbos. It's talking about lighting the menorah, and the Gemara is borrowing and bringing from that case regarding lighting the menorah, where it says shall have a soilemayelel that then the kain can walk away. So the same thing applies over here. Second shot of Rashi says no. This brayser actually was talking mamish about the case that we're speaking about here, a person igniting a fire before Shabbos. So the Gemara writes eight how about if you have a single piece of wood that you're lighting before Shabbos? How much of it has to be lit on fire before Shabbos? Rav Omar, so again Rav is more machmer, Rav says Rav Ovyoy, the fire has to penetrate most of the thickness of the wood. And others say, that no, that Rav was mekel, and Rav said only the outer surface of it, the circumference of the outer surface of it, that has to be ignited on fire, but it doesn't have to be penetrated in the thickness of it. Um, Rav Pope, so Rav Pope says, because there are two opinions here, the fire has to be large enough that it penetrated inside, and also that it's, it ignites the entire circumference of this piece of wood. Ketanoi, we could see that this is a machlaikis in Abraise, because in Abraise it says, Rabchia Omar, Rabchia says, the Bach is Gaidisir, Achi, Shochis, Haeitz, Mimelechis, Uman. It has to be, the fire has to go so penetrate so deeply that it can't be used for a craftsman anymore. Rabbi Yudu Ben so that's when the fire penetrates in the thickness of the piece of wood. Rabbi Yudu Ben as long as the fire surrounds the whole piece of wood from both sides, even if it doesn't penetrate inside. Although we don't have a proof to this opinion, but we do have a zeicher that we can bring from a pasik. Pasik says, and this pasik is being used as a metaphor on Klal Yisrael, as Shneik Tzaisav Achloha Eish, on two sides the fire surrounds it, the Toichai Nichar, and on the inside, if that happens, and we on the inside it's also parched, Hayitzlach Lamalacha, could it be used for any work? So from here we see once the fire surrounds from both sides and it can't be used for work anymore, it's completely parched. So this is the Zeich, even though it's just a metaphor on Klal Yisrael, it's a different Indian, but we can see this idea here. Now, because the Gemara brought up this Indian of a fire and, and, and a piece of wood, so it brings another Pasuk and touches it. <coughs> a similar idea. And there was a Och that was burning in front of him, in front of the king of Tzitkiyot. This is again in the Nevuah, it's all a metaphor for Klal Yisrael, for the Beis Mikdosh. My Och. What is this Och that was burning in front of the king? Amarav, so Rav says Achvene. Och is Achvene. What are Achvene? Achvene are the Aravis. Shmuel Amar, Shmuel says, Eitzim shenidleku ba'achvene. We're talking about pieces of wood that you ignite them on fire in brotherlyhood because you bring a lot of twigs of wood together and that's how you light them on fire. The Gemara brings a short incident regarding what we said about Aravis, that Aravis are called Achvene. There was a person that announced and said, Man boy Achvene. Who wants to buy Achvene? And what was those Achvene? 
We saw that he had Aravis to sell. So we see that Aravis are called Achvena. This is an Indian that's quoted in all the Sukkis my modem that bring up the, the, the significance of the Dalad Minim. Why Dafka were these Dalad Minim chosen and all Dalad Minim grow in a way of Achtos. And uh, this is the Gemara that's quoted to the Aravis, that Aravis grow in a brotherlyhood. If you see the way Aravis grow, all are the trees, so there's the big trunk on the bottom of the tree, and then the branches grow on the top and they separate away from each other. The Aravis tree grows differently. It sort of grows like a bush, but it could be pretty tall. It grows from the bottom and they come up together, and they grow in brotherlyhood. And that's why it's called Achvena. Doesn't say it over here befedish, but this is the Pshat and the Indian that uh, Ravas are called Achvan, and that shows that it grows in a way of Achtos, and that's why it was chosen as one of the Dald Minim. Another case regarding igniting a fire before Shabbos. Konim reads, Ain Srichim Raiv. They do not have to have the fire that's spread in, and caught on on most of them because once it catches on on one, it spreads quickly to everything else. Agadon, however, if it's tied together tightly, then then it's necessary to wait until it catches on fire because it won't necessarily catch on on fire when it's so tightly packed. Garinen, pits that are used in a fireplace or to light on fire. They do also, also don't need to be mostly ignited on fire because it will spread. But if it's tightly packed into a basket, so then it does need to have mostly ignited before Shabbos. Rav Chista asks on this opinion of Ravuna and says, it logically makes sense that it should be the exact opposite. If you have stam reeds that you're holding, that you have together, so, so they, they are not tied together, they're spread out. So the fire won't necessarily spread from one reed to another. But if you tie them together, they're not spread out. So over there, when it's tied together, over there you could expect the fire to spread quicker, not when it's spread out. The same thing also with the pits. If you just have pits, they're spread out and not necessarily will the fire spread from one pit to another. But if you place all the pits in a basket, they're not spread out and over there you could expect the fire to spread out. So the Gemara brings another statement from another Amaira. We learned as well, Omar Afkahana. Afkahana said, and as we'll see right here, Afkahana in one detail agrees to Ravhone, and in another detail he agrees to Ravchista. So the first part he agrees to Ravhone. Konim, when it comes to the reeds, if they're tied together, they're tightly packed together, Raif. They have to you have to wait until most of it is ignited on fire. And if it's not tied together, then you don't need the raif. This is like Rav Huna's opinion. And when it came to the pits though, he held like Rav Chista. Karinen, when you have pits, if they're not together, just pits lying around and you light them on fire. So then you, ha you have to wait until raif of them ignite on fire. But if it's placed in baskets, then it does not need a raif, it all ignites on fire very easily. Talk to Gemara Vaita Tani Rav Yosef. Rav Yosef said another halacha regarding igniting a fire before Shabbos. Arba Medurais, there are four flames of fire. Ein Sirichim Roiv. You don't have to wait until most of it is ignited before Shabbos. Shal Zefes. If you're using tar or pitch 
that you're you're using it to, to shmir or using it in the ingredients of your fire. Vishal gofris, sulfur, vishal gvina, cheese, vishal revav, and revav, which is also some kind of a uh, oil or wax or that grease that uh, will very quickly ignite on fire, and therefore you don't have to be worried even if it's not mostly ignited before Shabbos. Vimasnita tone in Abraisa that added another case, af shal kash vishal gvove, including also kash, which are which is uh, straw and stubble. They also ignite on fire very quickly. The wood in Bavel, you also don't have to wait until it's mostly ignited on fire. So the Gemara questions this right away. What kind of a wood of Bavel are we talking about? What are we talking about over here? Are we talking about silty, which are these thin strips of wood that they used to use in Bavel? Hashtapsila. If regarding a wick, Omar Ola, Ola said, Hamadlik, when you light a wick in a lamp on Shabbos, Sarach Shayadlik Beroiv, you have to wait until most of the wick that's sticking out is, is on fire. Most of the, stick, the wick that comes out. Silti Miboya. So do we need to say that when it comes to wood, for sure you would have to wait until most of the wood is ignited on fire. El Amr Rav Yasef, so Rav Yasef says a different shot. Shucha da Arza. This refers to the branches of a cedar tree. Rami bar Omar, Rami bar said, Zaza. It refers to Zaza, which is Simos, okay, which is some other material that uh, that comes from the sea that also catches on fire very quickly. Hadran Allah Shabbos. This is the end of the first Paytek. So we now begin a new Paytek, and this new Paytek begins with discussing and the next few blot. Well, we're going to have an interruption of the Hanukkah Gemara, but then a very big part of this Paytek discusses the halachas of lighting Shabbos candles. As we know, Chazal will masakin, you have to light Shabbos candles every year of Shabbos. And the reason you have to light Shabbos candles, Al Tareb brings the reason because of Shalom Bayis, Shlei Kosho Beitzu Beven, that it shouldn't be dark in the house on Shabbos and you shouldn't stumble on anything. And Al Tareb says this is part of the mitzvah of Oynik Shabbos, that Chazal will masakin. <clears throat> So there's many halachas regarding lighting Shabbos candles. And the first thing we're going to discuss over here is B'negeya to what are the materials to be used for Shabbos candles. With what materials can you light the Shabbos candles? With what materials can you not light Shabbos candles? Now actually, this refers not only to the actual Shabbos candles. Amalekitzaiten, of course, they only had candles that were burning in the house. Chlal, that was the source of their light. So it's referring to any of the lights that you're going to be lighting in your house for Shabbos. It has to be lights that are going to burn properly, not lights that are going to flicker or not burn well, because again, the, the, the basis of this whole halacha here is Shema Yata. If it's not going to burn properly, a person might come to tamper with this candle or with this lamp on Shabbos. So it's not only going to get to the Shabbos candles, but what's burning, any lights that are burning in any room on Shabbos. That's what the Alter Rebbe says in Shulchan Aruch. So, Eim Adlikim. The mission begins with those that you're not allowed to light with. Loibe Lechesh, not with Lechesh, which is a material that comes from a cedar tree, as the Gemara will explain. Veloi Bechaisen, and not with Chaisen, which is not processed flax, as the Gemara will explain. Veloi Bekalach, and not with an inferior kind of uh, silk. Veloi Bepsilas Haidon, and not with a wick that comes from a willow tree. 
and not with a, a wick that comes from, that grows in a desert. And also not with this green substance that's in the water, as we'll see the Gemara will explain. So these are all get to the different types of wicks that may not be used on Shabbos. Now get to the fuel. Not with tar or with pitch. And not with wax, which the Gemara will explain. And we all light Shabbos licht, or many of us light Shabbos licht with wax candles, but the Gemara will explain. And not with Shem and kick, which the Gemara will explain, and not with oil that has to be burnt, that's also going to be explained to the Gemara, and not with the tail, with the fats of a tail, and not with the other fats of the behemoth. Nochom HaMadai says, Madlikin Bechelev Mavushal. You could use the fats of the behemoth if it was cooked and it's melted, so then it's a fluid, you're allowed to use it. The Chachamim say, Echad Mavushal, Ve'echad She'ena Mavushal, whether the fats is cooked, whether it's not cooked, Ein Madlikin, but you can't light with this on Shabbos, it does not burn nicely on Shabbos. So the Gemara will go through the various different things mentioned here in the Mishnah and explain exactly what they are. I'll try to do my best to go through them. These are all very unusual words that uh, the Gemara here uses. Lechesh. The Mishnah said you can't light with Lechesh. What is Lechesh? Zakta Gemara Seiche Arze. A um, branch from a from a cedar tree. That's what the Mishnah means. If it's a branch of a cedar tree, so then it's a piece of wood. For sure you can't light with a piece of wood. It's not going to burn well. It's obvious. And for the Gemara, Between the bark and the wood of the tree, there's a woolly, a woolly substance that you could light with. When you, that, you're not allowed to light with on Shabbos because it doesn't burn well. as I mentioned, refers to flax that's not Process, fully processed. Amr Rav Yosef, so Rav Yosef said, Noiris shall pishton. This refers to the Noiris of the flax. When you comb the flax, there are pieces of fiber that come out that are too short or too small that come out. That pieces of fiber that come out when you comb the flax, that's what the mission is talking about. So Abaye asked on Rav Yosef's interpretation, but Vaksiv, in a Pasuk it says, and again this Pasuk is just a, a mushal on Klal Yisrael, Vahoya HaChosayn. And the one that's strong will be Lenoides, will be weak like the Noides. And the Noides is, like I mentioned, those fibers that come out from the flax when you comb it. So you see that Chosain is not Noides. So Abaye said a different shot. Kisne the Dayik. We're talking about the flax that was um, was beaten. You they beat it, but it wasn't combed properly. So therefore it doesn't uh, doesn't burn well. Next, the Mishnah said you can't light with kolach. What is kolach? I asked all those people that are traveling overseas, and they said to me, This is kolcha, which is some kind of a substance, some kind that grows in the sea, it grows on the rocks in the sea, that uh, could be used to make a fire with, and you can't use that on Shabbos. Rav Yitzchak Barzi'ira said, Gushkira, that this refers to Gushkira, which is uh, the psilas of uh, of uh, the silk. It's an inferior silk. 
So the Gemara brings a short incident here. Ravin va'abaye havu yosvi kamei de Ravana Nechemia. They were sitting in front of Rab, Rab Nechemia. Ahua de Reish Galusa, the brother of the Reish Galusa. Chazyei de havalovish metaksa. They saw that he was wearing a silk garment. Amalei Ravin la'abaye hainu kolach. This is the kolach, the tnan that it said in the Mishnah. Amalei, so Abaye responded and said, Anan shira paradna karina le. We call this garment that this uh, Ravon and Nechemia is wearing, we call it shira paradna, paranda, which is, all, which is silk. So the Gemara asks on this, Meisvei, what we learned in Abraisa, and this is regarding halachas of tzitzis, hashiroim, which is silk, v'akolach, which is another kind of silk, v'asirikin, which is yet a third kind of silk. These are three different types of silks. Chayavim b'tzitzis. They're all chayavim tzitzis. And this is, Rashi here says, either the pshat in this Mishnah is, or it's Abraisa, either it's chayavim tzitzis minatayra, it's a machlekes, whether a silk garment is chayavim tzitzis or not, or it's only chayavim tzitzis midrabonon. Either way, tiyufta de Ravan tiyufta. This this refutes what Ravan said. Ravan said. Ravan said that the that the the silk that they were wearing. Ravan said that the silk that they were wearing is shira paranda, but we see over here that shira paranda is not the same as kolach. There's shirayim and there's kolach. They're two different qualities of silk. So if he was wearing an inferior quality of silk, it shouldn't be called shira paranda, as we see it's two different things. So the Gemara says to Yufta. His opinion is refuted. Or we could say in the shira itself, there are two different types of shira. There's two different types of qualities of silk. Shira lochod, vishira paranda lochod. There's shira, which is what the Braisa was mentioning when it said shiraim, and then there's shira paranda, and that's another another status, another level of, of silk. So there's various different kinds of silks over here. And not from a psila, from a wick that comes from Edon. What's Edon? Achvino. It comes from the Arovis trees. The, there's a woolly substance between the bark and the wood of the uh, Arovis tree. Raven Vabaye Havaka Oslo Bepaksa the Tamrurisa. They were walking in the valley of Tamrurisa. Chazinu Lahano Arafta. You're supposed to spell the word Arafta with an ayin. They saw willow trees, Aravas trees. Omale Raven Labaya, so Raven says Tabaya, Hainu Idon Ditnan. These are this is the Idon that it says in the Mishnah. Omalei Hahi eats Paalmahu. This is just a piece of wood. This is what the Mishnah is talking about. Kolaf, so he peeled off the bark from the Aravis tree. and he showed him Amranisa the Baini Baini. That there's a woolly substance between the wood and the bark of the tree, and that is what the Mishnah is talking about. It's not interesting to point out. You see Sai in this case and Sai before, when the Amiraim were looking at something, what did they see? They saw something that it said in the Mishnah. Instead of seeing the physical thing, they saw, oh, this is the example of what we learned in the Mishnah. And not with a, with a wick that comes from a grass that grows in the midbar. midbar. What is this? A shavra. Some kind of a tall grass that grows in a midbar that's maybe that you could use. Huh? Nettle. Nettle. Okay, that you can use for a wick and it can't be used on Shabbos.
this green thing on the water. What is this? Mahi. What is this? Is this This is the green substance that you see that grows in places that are very moist. You can see it also in places that are in bricks sometimes or on stones or in water and places that are very moist as this green substance that grows there. To use that for a wick. That can't be. It just crumbles. You can't use it for a wick at all. So Rav Papa says, This is the green things that grow by a boat that sits in the water for a long period of time. There is a sea moss that grows over there that could be used after you take it out of the water and you dry it. It could be used for a wick, but it doesn't burn nicely, so you can't use it on Shabbos. Tane, we learned in Abraise, Haisifu Alein, Shaltzemer, Vishal You shouldn't make wicks out of wool and not out of hair either. And the reason the Gemara will say in a moment. Vitane Didon, the Tana of our Mishnah, why doesn't he count these two? Tzemer, Michvitz, Kovitz. The wool, the wicks from the wool, they roll up, they don't burn well. And seyar ichruchi michrech. When you light here, it immediately burns up, and it can't be it can't be used for a wick properly. So that's why the town of the mission doesn't mention it because it's obvious that it won't burn well. Now the Mishnah goes on to discuss, after it finishes talking about which wicks can't be used, it discusses now which fuel can't be used on Shabbos. So what is Zephes? Zephes is Zifsa. This is a tar or pitch. Shaiva, what's Shaiva? It said in the Mishnah, Kirusa. Wax can't be used either. Tana, we learned in Abraise, at kan psul psilais. Until Zephes, the Mishnah is telling me those things that are possible to be used for wicks. Mikan starting from Zephes, psul shmanim. The Mishnah is telling me which kind of oils, which kind of a fuels can't be used for Shabbos. Frek the Gemara pshita. It's obvious that we're not talking about wicks anymore, we're talking about the fuel. And for the Gemara, shaive itzrichelei. The Chiddush here is regarding the wax. Mao the Tame, because I would think to say that the wax that's mentioned in the Mishnah can't be used for wicks as well. Now, what does it mean a wax should be used as a wick? So both Rashi and the first Pshat and over here say that this refers to the candles, the way we use wax today. There's two ways you could use wax. You could either take pieces of wax and throw it into a keili and make a lamp out of it, and that's when wax is being used as a fuel. But then you have wax that's used in a candle, where you take the wax and you melt it tight together to a, to a wick, and that's what we're talking about over here when it says that the psilois, that the, that the shaiva that is, the wax is being used as psilois. So I would think to say that even when you use the wax in a candle, nami loichazia, that it also also shouldn't be used. Kamash malan. Therefore, the brayse that comes to clarify that when it's said in the mission of the wax, it only refers when a person takes pieces of wax and throws it into a keli for a lamp, but not the wax that's made in a candle. That's what Ashi says over here. Kamoisha onoisa. Ashi says this is the way we light. This is what we use today. We light regular candles that are made with wax, and that's not a problem. Omar Rami bar Ovin, Rami bar Ovin said, Itrina psalta de zifta. <coughs> Itrina, which is the psalis that comes out of uh, the tar, is an anshaiva and also wax, which is psalta de dufsha, that comes from the honeycombs and this wax that you can take out of there. Is <coughs> that, That's what they are. That's what he said. 
He's telling you what they are. So the Gemara wants to understand why, why is he telling you exactly what these things are. That Itrna comes from, <clears throat> from the tar, and Shaive comes from the bewax. Why are we saying this? And for the Gemara, the only reason that he's mentioning this is, is uh, for purposes of sale or commercial purposes. When, when you are buying something from someone, you make up with him that you're going to buy from him wax or you're going to buy from him itrana. You want to know exactly what this substance is, what, what it is that you're buying. So therefore he tells you what it is and it's Negea for Mecca Okay, Atkan, this is the Gemara for today. Hatzlach Arab, everybody and everything you do. And Agut Nechidish, and it should be a Chidish Shal Geula, and Nisim and a Fuas for everybody.